Word of God, the sermon. Lord, I need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. It's, it's Valentine's this week, so um, let's think of those that we're um, married to and do something special. And if you're dating or going to get married, don't drop the ball, Luke, okay? Don't try. Um, this is not the time to save money, okay? Um, um, I'm just, that's just some free advice publicly, okay? Um, Ephesians chapter 5. Um, Pastor Tyler and I had a good time this week um, going through all of the um, Greater Works surveys that we did last week. And they were very encouraging, very enlightening. Um, at some point, we'll, we'll talk more about those, but it was exciting. And um, if, if you could just pray. Um, Pastor Turner's really, I, I, really been, been rough. He's, he's not doing very good. Um, and um, I, need, I need to talk to him about our fundraising efforts and that sort of thing. I'm just waiting for a time when he's not exhausted, and which is almost every day he's exhausted. So um, if, if you could pray that that might work out this, uh, this week. And, um, and so um, the, the, the building we started after has is, is been sold for $5.1 million. Um, it was on the market for $5 million. And so, um, you know, now we have to seek the Lord, you know, what's next? Where, where, where do we, what direction do we go? And, and um, Pastor Odom, I, we drove around a, a bunch on Friday just looking at different properties and different things. And, and we'll just, just see what, um, what, what, what begins to happen. So Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, <coughs> and... Uh, Probably because it's Valentine's this week, I was inspired to, and, and I've been reading Ephesians in my devotions, and I read the last two days this past this famous passage about marriage, and and so at this point everybody that's single has just turned me off, but I am turning the tables, Josh Calloway, on you tonight because um, um, really this is this sermon is for everyone. And probably next week's sermon, and maybe maybe a series of sermons, because um, what I'm uh, what I'm preaching on is uh, uh, the Christian home, a microcosm of the Christian life. A microcosm of the Christian life. A microcosm is a community, a place, or situation regarded as encapsulating in miniature the characteristic qualities or features of something much larger. I'm going to re read that again. A microcosm is a community, a place, a si or situation regarded as encapsulating in miniature the characteristic qualities or features of something much larger. The something much larger is the Christian life. Uh, so if you're, if you're a child or a teenager, are you married yet? No, you're not married yet, okay? But you are part of a family. You only get in this world through a family, okay? Um, and then, um, you know, if you're a young adult and you're single, you're not married. And I don't think we have any widows or widowers here in our midst or 
or single parents. Um, but there is something much larger than marriage, and that is the Christian life. There's something much larger. And we're going to look at those larger principles. I think, um, I think one of the greatest things you could do if you're a young adult and you're not married, but you would like to be married, even if you don't want to be married, to join, our parent, join some of our parenting classes. Maybe not all of them, but the, the, the Christian home is such a microcosm of what the Christian life is supposed to look like and how we're supposed to function in that life. And when you live as a single person, you don't have the pressures of a family. And see, God uses the pressures of a family to make us more like Him. And it's, it's also easy when, when you're single to, be very, to, to become very inward focused. It doesn't have to be that way. And um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that our singles are inward focused and selfish. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But it is a tendency. I've heard, I've heard it said, you know, if someone's, you know, 40 years old and they get married for the first time, it might be a nightmare because they've lived 20 years um, doing whatever they want on their own and now they have to live with someone else. And that's a big adjustment. And I got married so young, I don't know what, it, I, I can't even remember what it was like to be single, really. Because um, I got married when I was 20. But um, I think anyone, whether whether, you know, some people have the gift of singleness. Some, some people will never get married, and, and they're thrilled about it. Uh, Miss, Miss Beatum, she was thrilled to be single, and she would give advice to any young lady, the single life is the best life. Um, she had seen too many people hurt in marriage, and she was just happy to be on her own, okay? But we know Miss Beatum, she was one of the most unselfish human beings you could ever meet. And so... If you are single, you should live so that if God wanted you to get married, it wouldn't be a difficult adjustment. Um, because marriage is really a microcosm of something much bigger, and that is the Christian life. Uh, in tonight's message, we're going to focus on one aspect of marriage. You're going to see this in verse 21. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So we see the word submitting, submit, subject. We see this, this word as referring to the marriage relationship. <clears throat> in marriage, we are to submit, according to verse 19, to one another. And specifically, wives are to submit to their own husbands. You know, in a world where there's many men, ladies, you only have to worry about submitting to one. Your husband. If you're, if you're single, to your father. You don't have to submit to other men. Your husband is your protector. 
Your husband is the one that should care for you and protect you. But you don't have to submit to anyone else. You know, sometimes men, um, you know, if your wife works outside the home and, um, you know, someone at that job is, 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 when I say abusing, maybe, you know, not treating your wife with respect, there might be a time when you've got to step in and try to protect your wife. God has given your wife you to protect them. And, um, and ladies, you don't have to worry about submitting to any other man. There's four billion men on the planet. You only got to worry about submitting to your dad, submitting to your husband. The rest of them, they can have all the opinions they want. Um, they can try to boss you around. You don't have to listen to any of them because uh, you only have to submit to your own husband. God demands that we learn submission in marriage. Marriage is a 24-7 venue that demands the practice of submission. Single people equally need to learn the spiritual discipline of submission. But to learn submission as a single person is equally spiritually beneficial. But it is harder. You live on your own. You really answer to nobody. It is something that you probably are going to have to think about more consciously and work on more than someone that's been thrown into the marriage relationship. I like, I've been listening to this one book on prayer, and he, he, makes, he makes a joke. He talks about these, this older couple sitting at a wedding, watching the bride and groom kiss and embrace, and they look at each other and say, they have no idea what they just got themselves into. <laughs> so, um, um, you know, because marriage has, it has difficulties. Unless you're Jesus or your spouse is Jesus, you're going to have difficulties because you're human beings. If you grew up in a permissive home or if you grew up in a home where um, you were left to yourself a lot, um, it's going to be harder for you to develop this spiritual discipline of submission. Romans 12 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We get a new nature when we get saved, but we don't get new habits immediately when we get saved, and we don't get new philosophies immediately when we get saved. Our mind is transformed as the Word of God impacts our life. And as the Word of God renews our thinking. Um, and, you know, our, our world is built on a lot of, you know, on a lot of rebellion. On a lot of, I'm going to do what I want. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. There's a lot of devilish philosophies that infect um, cartoons and, and um, sitcoms and, and movies and, and just philosophies in society. And so it's not a natural thing to have a submissive spirit. You know, and one of the greatest things you can do for your children is teach them to obey and teach them to submit. 
if, if your child learns to submit to mom and dad, submitting to God is not nearly as difficult. Submitting to a boss at work, it's not nearly as difficult. Submitting to a teacher at school is not nearly as dis- difficult. They usually won't have trouble with the law because they've learned to obey. And so, you know, one of the most unkind things you can do for your child is allow them to disobey and laugh about it or do nothing about it. You're going you're gonna, to, only the grace of God is going to protect that child from ruining their life. But you greatly advantage your child when you teach them to obey. And it's not easy. It's especially, but, but, but if you start young, the Bible stresses the importance of, of correcting your child betimes, which means early. Start early with your children. When they're toddlers, you should be correcting your children. And if you correct them consistently, by the time they, they're five years old, they're not going to have any trouble obeying you. Occasionally, yes, they will, but um, it's not going to be a pattern. But if you just let a child just do what they want all the time, whew, you're going to raise a monster. And so, submission. The Christian home is a microcosm of the Christian life. I think sometimes our tendency when we read this passage of Scripture is to turn it off and think, well, you know, the wives, you know, you know, they turn off the love verses because in this passage, the love verses are focused at the husband. And the husbands, they say, I'm the, I'm the boss. You have to submit to me. And, 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 they, and they think, well, uh, you know, I don't. Um, uh, and they don't really think about how they have to submit in life. But tonight, we're just looking at this one truth of submission. The word submission means, it means to arrange under. To subordinate. The word subordinate means to place in order or rank below something. God has created his world in an orderly fashion. And there's an authority structure everywhere you turn in this life. In the, in the Christian Businessman and Businesswoman's Fellowship this afternoon, um, one, of our, one of our men shared a story. The owner of the car lot where he works, flew in on his private jet and came and looked at the, at, 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 at the showroom and he saw so many mistakes. And he blew his top. He wasn't a Christian, so he blew his top, but he made it very clear if they were going to do a better job selling cars, they better clean up this office. They better clean up this show. One of the, one of the, one of the banners was crooked. And that just, you know... But he's the boss. He owns it. He is the authority. And um, you'll find this authority structure everywhere that you turn. It also means it also means to subject oneself. It means to submit to one's control. It means to yield to one's admonition or advice. We learned about that in Do Well last week. The importance of seeking counsel. But counsel is only good if we submit to it. It's just, it's just useless information if we, if we go for counsel and then we do nothing with it. We need to be submissive to it. Now, 
just a, just a couple, couple truths, a, a few truths. First of all, submission is required to be saved. Submission is required to be saved. Look at Romans chapter 10. Now, salvation is by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. So when I speak of submission, I'm not, I'm not speaking of many submissive works are required to be saved. That's not what I'm saying. But God uses very clear language here in Romans chapter 10. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. You see, religion teaches that you work your way to heaven, that you establish your own righteousness, that you earn your way into the presence of God by your good works. But the Bible says the only way you can get righteousness is by submitting to God's righteousness. And the only righteousness that will take you to heaven is the righteousness of Jesus. There's a great story in, in Genesis chapter 4. Remember Cain and Abel? Cain brought his fruits and vegetables. Abel brought a blood sacrifice. God was pleased with Abel's sacrifice, but with Cain's sacrifice, he was displeased. But he told Cain, if you will do well, I will accept you. In other words, Cain, if you bring a blood sacrifice, I will accept you. But guess what Cain didn't do? He didn't submit to God's method of salvation. He got angry, he got proud, and he ended up murdering his brother. All because he wouldn't submit to God's way of being saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Way. You can't come to God your own way. You have to come to God by submitting to his plan of salvation. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. There is one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You can't invent your own religion to get yourself to heaven. But that's the kind of world we live in right now, a world of religious pluralism, where everybody thinks they can invent their own God, their own method of righteousness, and they want God to rubber stamp their plans. We have to submit to God's plan. And if you're here tonight and you've, you've never submitted to Jesus Christ and his plan of salvation, just come to him and accept his self. Humble yourself. You say, well, I'm a good person. You're not good enough to be saved. You need to submit to God's righteousness. In James 4 and verse 7, look at James 4 and verse 7. So number one, submission is required to be saved. Number two, submission is required to live the Christian life. James 4, 7. 
So this, this message isn't just for women tonight because marriage is a microcosm of something much bigger. And everyone in this room is commanded. James 4 and verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Foundationally to the Christian life, we need a submissive spirit towards God. We see in marriage, we need to submit to one another. You know, relationally in marriage is a lot of, sweetheart, what would you like to do tonight? Where would you like to go on our date? What would you like to do? It's not everything I want to do and, you know, you fall in line. No, marriage is a give and take. It's a mutual submission. Now, because of God's orderliness, the buck has to stop somewhere. And there has to be someone that's in charge. And there has to be someone that's a protector. And God has chosen the man to fill that role. You say, well, my husband's not very spiritual. I'm more spiritual than him. Guess what? God's order is you need to submit. Somebody, I forget who it was in Do Well class, um, but made the comment that um, the first place they're going to go for counsel is their husband. That, that is a great practice in marriage. And you know what? You will, you will relieve your marriage of so much pressure if you go to your spouse and ask their opinion. And do it willingly. Do it with a humble heart. Sweetheart, what do you think about this decision? What's your opinion? And really listen with an open heart. That works so much better than, than having to confront your spouse about something you disagree with. If, if there's just a culture of asking each other's opinion, submitting one to another. But remember... Wives, you need to submit to your husbands. And husbands, your role as a leader is to protect your wife, not to lord over her. It's to protect her. He is there for you. And you know what? There's some times where it's a great... Ladies, you need to learn to use this. Sometimes, is there any lady in here that it's hard for you to say no? It's difficult for you to say no. If somebody asks you to do something... It's hard for you to say no. Is there any ladies like that? Okay. Is there some times when, um, when maybe um, somebody is asking you something and you're not sure if you should do it? You're not sure if it might be too much for you to do? You know what you need to do, ladies? You need to go, you know what? I would love to do that, but I need to talk with my husband. And then you go talk to your husband and you weigh out what's being asked of you. You know, maybe someone asks you and you just don't like saying no. Don't lie to them and say, I'd love to do it. Just say, let me talk to my husband, I'll get back to you. And you go to your husband and say, I don't want to do it. And then your husband says, then I tell you, tell them, I don't want you to do it. And then you go back to that person and say, you know, my husband doesn't think I should do it. That's protection. 
You don't have to bear those burdens, ladies, alone. Well, I'm an independent woman. I don't need my husband's help. God's made it so you should, you should benefit from your husband's help. And so don't be stubborn and avoid the help. Get his help. He wants to help you. Submission. <coughs> it's required to live the Christian life. It's required in the structure of the home. It's required in the structure of society. Look, look back uh, forward a few pages to 1 Peter chapter number 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. The structure of society is to submit to those that are in control, that are in authority. And so we need to learn to be submissive people. Obviously, there are occasions when those in authority want you to do something that's wrong or want you to disobey the Lord. Well, then we need to obey God rather than man. But for the most part, we need to be submissive to those that are in authority. Um, we also see this in the structure of the work world. Look at 1 Peter 2 and verse 18. 1 Peter 2 and verse 18 Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Folks, the Bible was written in a time where I think the majority of people were slaves. Now, fortunately, we don't live in that time. And, you know, if, if, if you're at a job and the, and, and the boss is abusive or difficult to please, you have all the freedom in the world to go to another job. But when you take a job, your purpose is to advance that company, advance that, that store. You're to work for that person. That is your role. As a steward, that is your role. Now, the Bible tells us when we, when we serve our master, we need to do it as unto the Lord. But we need to consider what our boss wants. And if it's not evil, we need to faithfully carry out the boss's wishes. You know, if he wants you to sweep the floor 10 times today, and you think that's ridiculous, if you want to work for that boss, you need to submit to that boss. Sweep it 10 times. You say, I don't like sweeping 10 times. Then get a different job. But if you're going to work there, you've got to be submissive. It, it is also um, in the structure of the church family. Look, 1 first, first Peter 5 and verse 5. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. In the church family, there needs to be honor given to those that have age. And it would be wise for us to seek the counsel and advice of those that are older than us. Um, teenagers, in this public arena like this, it's okay for you to talk to adults. And it would be wise for you to ask 
ask about these adults' lives. Ask them for advice. Talk to them. You're going to get more, you're going to get more wisdom from the old people in this room than from the people you're sitting right beside. Now, obviously, talk to your friends. But it's okay to become friends with people in this room. And we, we've gone over child protection. As long as an adult doesn't want to isolate you um, alone, it's okay to have friends in the church of older people to learn from. Now, girls, you should seek the friendship of older ladies. You shouldn't really seek the friendship of older men. And, and guys, you shouldn't seek the friendship of older ladies, probably the, the, the gentlemen and the older people in the room. But we see this principle here. Ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Well, that's not my dad. I don't have to listen. One part of submission is getting advice and following that advice. You say, what if their advice conflicts with my dad? You always follow your dad's advice when you're a child, when you're a teenager. But you know what? If, someone, if, if five people love God with all their heart, guess what? You know if. You, you know what you're going to find out? My dad's pretty smart. You know, okay, where's a Kennedy? Is there a Kennedy here tonight? Okay, there's Patrick. Okay, my dad gives me this advice. And when you're a teenager, it's okay to think. It's okay to disagree with your parents as long as you submit, okay? But you take, my dad says this. Brother Robel, what do you think about this situation? And you know what you're going to find out? He's probably going to say the same thing as your dad. And then you're going to go to Brother, brother, um, brother Shanann, and you're going, to, you're going to give them the same scenario, and you say, what do you think about this, Brother Shanann? And you're probably, going to, you're probably going to go home and think, my dad is so smart. Wouldn't that be awesome, Brother Kennedy? But it, there's so much wisdom in this room. There's so much wisdom in this room. It's yours to get, but you've got to have a submissive spirit. And then Hebrews chapter 13 um, Submission is, is important in the, in the spiritual growth of our lives. Hebrews chapter 13, Obey them that have the rule over you, and to submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. When a spiritual leader brings the word of God, and challenges you with the word of God, and confronts your life with the word of God, the best, place, best thing you do for you to do is submit to those truths from the word of God. Now, I don't have an opinion that a spiritual leader like a pastor can dictate your life. You have a life to live. You have choices to make. You need to make those choices. But when a spiritual leader comes with the word of God and challenges you from the word of God. Now, there, are, there have been spiritual leaders that can twist the word of God to get people to do things that aren't, aren't right. A spiritual leader's words should be tested by the word of God. If a spiritual leader tries to get you to do something that doesn't seem right, you better get some other advice. Now, you just might, you know, you, you just might not really understand, and you start asking advice, and you find... The spiritual leader is right. I better listen. Okay. The context for, for Hebrews 13, 17 
is when the spiritual leader is bringing the word of God into your life. It's the best thing to listen. It's the best thing to submit. Okay. Now, um, you know, that, that doesn't mean the spiritual leader is unaccountable. He needs to be accountable to the word of God. And so, um, you know, sometimes you can get a second opinion, okay? Um, or third opinion. But don't dismiss quickly a spiritual leader's concern for your life when they bring the word of God to you. You see... Every one of us in this room, in our Christian life, has to have a submissive heart. Not just the wives. All of us. And guess what, men? If you're a rebel towards God, towards the Bible, towards the man of God, towards counsel, you're probably not in a good, good place to be leading. You're probably not in a good place. You need to get your heart right. And then people will more easily follow you. And just, to, just in closing, it's really amazing when you look at the life of Jesus. His life was patterned after the idea of submission. Um, I like Luke 2.51. He went, he was 12 years old. That, that's when he went to the temple. And he... Um, he stayed behind to, to do the father's business. But he says that he went back to Nazareth and he, he was subject unto Mary and Joseph. The God of the universe submitted himself to frail parents. Kids, your parents aren't perfect. Some parents are less than perfect. Uh, and, and some parents have really huge flaws. But Jesus submitted himself to imperfect human beings when he was perfect. You know, when, if you're driving in your car, you may have a PhD. But if you're speeding, the police has the authority to pull you over. And you better submit to that police officer. You say, well... I'm more educated than the police officer. It doesn't matter. I'm smarter than the police. It doesn't matter. This world lives in an orderly fashion. And if Jesus was able to submit to imperfect parents, we ought to be able to submit because we're already imperfect. And at the end of his life, before he was crucified, remember what he said to the Father, not my will but thy will be done. He lived a submissive life. And so let's all of us examine our hearts. And, you know, I think this is something we all have to, we all, all have to keep track on our hearts. You know, in our marriage, we have to keep track of it. Because sometimes we want to be, we just want to be stubborn. We want our own way. Sometimes we get a bad attitude when we don't get our way. Sometimes that bad attitude is just on the inside. Nobody else sees it. But God knows if our heart has a submissiveness to it. So let, let the Holy Spirit, you know, just keep an eye on your heart. And, you know, if we have trouble submitting to the authorities in our life, would you ask the Lord tonight to forgive you? And would you determine 
Lord, by your grace, I'm going to develop a, a submissive spirit. It's not like you're going to make a decision tonight and you're never going to have a problem with your boss. Okay? Maybe last week you, you told your boss off. It's not a Christian behavior, okay? And tonight you decide, Lord, forgive me for having such a rebellious spirit towards my boss. Okay? And you're going to go to work this week and you're going to do better. That doesn't mean two weeks from now, anger is going to bubble up in your heart towards your boss. And you're going to have to do business with God. Lord, help me to have a submissive spirit. Now, you learn in the Bible there's ways to talk to authority. Submission doesn't mean you never talk to the authority, you never confront the authority, but it is an attitude of the heart. And I think, I think we're going to have to work on these things our whole life. You're not going to take a paintbrush tonight and go, I'm going to paintbrush some submission on me and it'll never be a problem again. But the thing about the home and marriage, it's a 24-7 thing. When you live alone, you might have to face a little bit of it at work, but you go home and you, do whatever, you can do whatever you want. And you really got to guard your heart to keep it submissive because you don't have that daily, um, you don't have that daily pressure of a marriage relationship. Let's pray. Father, help us to go home. And Lord, help us to seek to have a submissive spirit. We're going to have the piano play. And I just want you to, I just want you to think, how is your spirit in this area of submission? Maybe you've got it well hidden, but God's revealing it to you. Maybe it's not very well hidden. Maybe you're a teenager and you've been a pain in the neck to your parents because you're rebellious. Maybe you need to ask Jesus to forgive you and go home and say, Mom and Dad, I've been, I've been a real pill. I've been hard to live with. I've been stubborn. Would you forgive me? God bless you. Thanks for being in the house of the Lord.